tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink. From the fountain of knowledge. Oh, it will be, my friends. Welcome to another fun festive episode. Of Tinfoil Hat, you know who I am, you know what I'm here to do, join me as always, XG in the place to be, Xavier Guerrero. There you go, it's coming in now. Dude, I am going to get every name right for the rest of time, uh, after or the last one. two minutes from now. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for tuning in for, to another episode of Tinfoil Hat. We have so much amazing things going on. We love you guys so much. All your support. All you guys are amazing. All the ladies are smoke shows. It's a wonderful time to be alive. It really is, man. And it's only getting better. Guess what? Next week, we're coming to Sacramento. That's right. We got lizard fever, and the only prescription is more conspiracy cowbell. And we're going to get that cowbell at Harlow's, guys. So go to Harlow's, grab your tickets. We're going to be going hard in the paint. Myself, XG, Eddie Bravo, Tiger will be joining us, and we will be rocking, dude. Come get weird. Grab those tickets now. Okay, then the next, uh, the following week, we are at Indianapolis. We're doing a special show at the Helium's. That's look at that flyer. That's a fucking beauty. Look at that, that thing. Indy five hundred. Yeah, the, the things we can do with the internet now. It's truly amazing. Uh yeah, we want a little speed racer, Indy five hundred on you right there. We're gonna be doing that Heliums, I believe that's the ten o'clock show. And then the following day, we are in St. Louis. Again, Eddie Bravo, myself, XG, our good friend Jeffrey Wilson from the Conspiracy Farm. Pat Miltich hopefully will come by and say hi and choke us all out. I love when you can hang out with Freemasons who know jujitsu. I love that stuff. Uh, that's Harlow's. Yeah, but that one's a 7.30 show, though. Oh, that's a 7.30 show. That's a 7.30 show. show. The, the Harlow's is 7.30 show. It's early. So St. Louis is a 4.20 show. Holla at your boy. I don't even know if it's legal. So that's a 4.20 show. Not over there. And then the, the si- at uh, 6. Nah, I was going to do a 69 for cocaine but didn't make sense so go to helium's <laughs> grab uh it's uh st louis is uh, on the 10th uh indianapolis on the, on the 9th and then after that we're at bakersfield or we might not be we don't know we're going to brooklyn barbecue playing a barbecue rib joint next year uh, uh next week i'll be at the mcdonald's playground <laughs> who knows where else i'll be going to gig uh, you know, they call me. I go in, dude. I'm like Rambo. Where you send me? Warzone? I'll get the ha-ha, okay? And I just go red line. Red line, okay? So I'll uh, come do that. That's at, um, but that's not up yet, but it's at the uh, Brooklyn the Barbecue. The Brooklyn Barbecue. And, and then that. hopefully, hopefully, we'll be at um, uh, Cobb's on the 13th. Those the, that deal's getting set. That was the first big show we did. We rocked out. We were talking about. I think this this tour's about a little over a year old. 
You guys were talking about it a little bit over a year. Yeah, dude. So we're going back to Cali, Cali. So we're very excited about that. And we're going to be uh, meeting with our good friends at abx.org. Go to uh, abx.org. That's Absolute Extract. And you guys, they will hook you up. Holla at your boy. They got everything on there. Yeah, they got, dude. I mean, they are going hard in the paint. Where are we here? Vape, Uh, beer. Yeah, weed, you name Lotion. it. Lotion. Take care of you. For the ladies, a little but JJ CBD. I know they got anal bleaching CBD. They got everything <laughs> for you. These guys are thinking out of the box. These are scientists that are going deeper for you. They care. They care more. Oh, and then they got stuff that doesn't get you high. That CBD shit. Well, just we don't kinda... believe in that stuff. <laughs> That's not for us. That's not for you. That's for the not, grandmas. Yeah, it's for the grandmas, dog. Hold on. There's a, there's a code here, of course. My girlfriend decided to send me 18 different... Oh, here it is. Guys, this is what we're doing here. We got a new promo code, and let's see if the promo code is even on there. There, Where's the promo code? You guys have any promo codes? Okay. So here's it is. If you guys want a little discount, a little 20% off your order from ABX, this just came in. Use the promo code, all caps, Chaos, C-H-A-O-S, on easy, that's E-A-Z-E dot com, and get 20% off all your ABX orders. Only for you tin hat people, you people hung for lizard people, <laughs> all right, looking for multiple dimensions, knowing Bigfoot is doesn't live in this dimension or that dimension, he's just hopscotching wherever the chicks give it up, okay? That's what we're doing. Again, use chaos. Go to easy, go E-A-S-Z-E dot com. Use the promo code chaos. Bam! That good shit. Yeah, for sure. Okay, man, I'm super stoked. I am super stoked. Uh, we got a, a fucking great guest here. This guy's a, a young Christian warrior. He's out here fighting the fight, doing the Lord's work, okay? Doing the Lord. Okay. He's got a great uh, YouTube channel called Joy Camp, okay? I love it a lot. Please welcome Benny Willis. Hey, thanks for having me, man. It's a pleasure. Bam! I got it, dude. Thank you so much for coming on, dude. I love your YouTube channel. It is wonderfully, Uh, wonderfully done. It is so good. Uh, Go check it out. It is called Joy Camp. Um, He's putting stuff up there all the time. Right now, can we give your location out? Sure, yeah. I'm in Las Vegas currently. What are you doing in Las Vegas? What are you doing in Las Vegas? I was just the master of ceremonies for the first ever Anarcho Vegas, an anarchist convention here in Las Vegas. Oh, that's awesome. Is that is that the same thing as that Anarcho Popo, whatever that one big uh, festival is? Arcapulco. Yeah. Are Arcapulco. they associated yeah. together? Anarcapulco. Well, I think Anarcapulco is yeah, it's the it's what started it, but it's not really I mean, it's not like the same. I don't know how to say it. Yeah, it's inspired by Anarchapulco. Let's put it that. What way. are the chicks like at an anarchist convention? <laughs> what'd you What'd you say? What are the <laughs> chicks like at an anarchist convention? Uh, there's, they're cool. I mean, everybody's pretty cool. Comes to these. There's definitely more guys than women, but the women that come are cool. Are they hot? The um, ones that do come. There are some hot ones. Yeah. All right, because that's what we get when we go to the yeah. conspiracy shows. Pure hot. Yeah, our hot our females. listeners are smoke shows. 
<laughs> yeah, they're good. There's some good looking people. All right. So, uh, like, what is the ratio of tattoos to uh, nose piercings at an anarchy convention? Like, who's your typical anarchist at one of these conventions? You know, that's something I like about these anarchy conventions is that it shows that there is no stereotype. They're all over the spectrum. I mean, it's all ages, both sexes, all sexualities. I mean, there's just a common connection that are people who are over government. So there's a, it's everybody. It's really, there really is no stereotype. Are you an anarchist? You know, I, I, here's my, I, I guess so. Yeah. Because Ooh, I identify with the this is but I have a hard time with labels. So you I don't, don't really don't like, like identifying as any label, but I think by the definition of anarchist, I would be an anarchist. What is the definition of anarchist? Well, it's self-ownership. It's self-governance. You are your own government. You have autonomy over your own body, and you identify with the non-aggression principle and self-defense, um, peaceful parenting, stuff like that. Wow. So when did you become an anarchist? Like when you were you young anarchist? Were you just a young Christian warrior way back in the day, seventh grade, just saying, "Hey, let's just burn down the library." I've never considered myself a Christian warrior. That's an interesting term. Um, <laughs> I've been, in, I guess, well, like I said, I've never really, I, I don't call myself an anarchist, but I do identify with the principles. I first went to the Anarchopulco conference in 2015, the first time they had it, and I was a speaker there. So I guess it's since then that I've considered myself to be of that community. I love it, dude. I, I, we're going to try to make it out for the next one out there. I'd love to oh, do cool. it. I'm actually going to be the MC for that one, too. Look oh, at shit. you. Ooh, you got this things. shit on lockdown, dog. Well. You are the best-looking anarchist I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> when I think anarchist, I think like Fat Mike with a mohawk gut and, and in a, like a dress and, and, mm. and moon boots. That's what I think. But no, nah, dude, they're stunningly good-looking. They look like they could work at anarch. Uh, uh, at a nice little model store, you know, like <laughs> Abercrombie and Fitch. Now, listen, uh, I love I watched some of your videos. I love the one about San Francisco. Uh, cool. It's are you? Did you ever live in San Francisco, or were you just that? Just where you decide to do some videos out? I did live there. Yeah, I went to college in San Francisco. And it, dude, that is a crazy like, dude. What do you got to have? Like, you got to make a hundred G just to be homeless in San Francisco now, right? <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's out of control, man. Yeah, it's it's definitely not for uh, not for the average person anymore. Even above average person. I mean, you got to be yeah. insanely rich right now. And even into um, uh, Oakland's gotten pretty bad, I hear too. But you know, we did we did Cobbs. We're supposed to be going back there in September. But we'd walk around, man, and there's so much insane symbolism all over. Yeah. So, like some straight up Freemason, uh, the Rothschilds, the occult. What were some of the, that stood out to you? Because I saw you did a video on it. It was really well done. Oh, thanks. Well, the Bohemian Grove or the Bohemian Club headquarters is there in San Francisco, um, which we stumbled upon when we were walking around. Then we ended up using it in the video. But yeah, there's, you, it's what, everywhere. What do you mean, I mean it's, it's a, a club? Very Masonic like, city. There's just like Moloch is just hanging out there, valeting or some shit. Like, how did you know? Well, it was... at this one corner where the where the Bohemian Club is, every corner there's an owl. There's like an owl bar, and there's an owl mural over here. So it's like all four, all four corners of this intersection are like being spied on by owls. Oh my god, 
The Rothschild banks are there. I mean, like every, and just think this is the epicenter of like, you know, there and a little far out. But yeah, it's the epicenter of tech. Tech is very, I mean, have you ever looked into the symbolism of tech? Like how all their like logos are all Freemason um, symbols? I have yeah. some right here. Not only that, but the, but the, but the parts like microchips inside of tech look like satanic sigils. What? Mm-hmm. What? You ever seen those diagrams? They line up like the insides of computers to sigils and no. how they, they mirror each other almost exactly. Really? That's, yeah. Wow. Dude, dark arts, bro. You go that deep. People do go that deep. San there Francisco's are theories. Sh- yeah, there's theories that these that that's like all the tech is what's summoning Satan. It's all the tech. Uh, you did a, a really great uh, video on gay pride in San Francisco and how corporate <laughs> it is now. Uh, yeah. It's just ridiculous right now. It's like gay pride has gone the way of everything artistic where it's always started by outlaws, right? Outlaws who just, this is all they're good at. You know, whether it's Chuck Liddell MMA, uh, Richard Pryor stand-up, Harvey Milk, you know, super gay shit, glory hole stuff, you know, whatever that is, right? It always starts by the outlaws, and then slowly the bean counters come in, and then it becomes a super corporate thing that kind of pushes out everything that made this thing so great. What were some of the things you noticed at the Gay Pride Parade? Uh, just how corporatized it is. I mean, every, every, uh, as everyone knows now, like in the month of June, every single major corporation put a rainbow filter over their logo. I mean, this is what we're, I mean, this is where we're at. I mean, what's my question is what's the end game here? Like what will, I feel like the gay rights have been achieved. So where do we go from here? What are they trying to achieve at this point with this movement? Gay pride year. I mean, it's just, it's so aggressive. I feel like, and it's if you and if you and if you have any sort of critical assessment of it whatsoever, you're automatically labeled homophobic or transphobic or a bigot or white supremacist or any of this other nonsense, just because you have a slight criticism of it. I mean, that poem that I wrote about it, I've had some backlash even from my own family members as a result. Even though I don't say anything about gay people, it's about the event itself. So it's it's gotten out of control. My mom hates my show. My mom brings FBI <laughs> to my comedy shows just to fuck with me. You know, that's how my mom goes. Uh, no, dude, it's it, it just really is the truth. Now, when we talk, I mean, I, you know, I don't know if you consider yourself a conspiracy theorist. Our last guest didn't, even though he just talked about conspiracies. But, <laughs> you know, your videos make me think you are, for lack of a better term, a conspiracy theorist. You know, and when we take a look at the media and how they've tried to demonize conspiracy theorists, and then you hear within the conspiracy theory about how the media and Hollywood is trying to make white men racist. So, you know, I am somebody who goes, you know, there's no trans agenda in terms of just hear me out. And everybody just heads exploded listening <laughs> to this. There is a trans agenda, but it's not by trans people. 
It is by these, and they did a study on it, that the people, like these really rich old white guys who own all of the hormone therapy stuff are the ones who are pushing this shit to get the kids into hormone therapy early to get them hooked onto it. So once again, you have this super high up, and that's why when I tell people, I'm like, there's layers to this shit. There's levels to this shit. If you, the first person you see isn't the person doing it. They're probably just a, a victim and a manipulate they're being manipulated by these very high up the people who own the media who own the hormone therapy who are telling everybody that you know everything's got to be gay when you when you see kids programming and you see a, a super flamboyant gay character in there and you're like Man, this is a kid's programming. Somebody told them to put that character in there. These are done on purpose to either uh, get an agenda across, not by the people who you think are the ones who do an agenda, but the actual the hires up to get us all to yell at each other. So people are like, they're turning the kids gay and stuff like that. It's the same motherfuckers. It's these lizard people. You know, so when you quit, you're like, dude, the more you're in, the more you get made fun of. This notion that if you are equal, nobody makes fun of you is the farthest thing from the truth. Who's more in than Donald Trump? Who's more in than Kanye West? Who's more in than LeBron James? Who's more in than than any of these people that just get pinataed by us for being idiots? The more you, the more you get made fun of. If you actually don't think you should make fun of somebody, you actually are saying you feel bad for them, and they are not adult enough to get made fun of. So it's ridiculous that people would sit there and tell you that you can't, uh, you can't criticize the gay community. They're people. They do funny stuff. The notion I can't make fun of black people is ridiculous. Have you seen World Star Hip Hop? <laughs> I've seen no. crackheads smoke crack, jump off of fucking buildings, and run the 40. It's unbelievable. Well, how about the new one? Those crackheads are blowing tweak into each other's assholes. Yeah, and one's a white guy, one's a black guy, <laughs> and that is fucking harmony, okay? Coming together yeah. over crack cocaine. Your thoughts, as I just yelled at you for five minutes. Yeah, well, there's, it's obviously an agenda. I mean, there's no doubt about it in my mind. Uh, even these words, I mean, I, I've been saying lately, the word transphobic is a nonsense word. Doesn't mean anything. Who is, who has a phobia of trans people? Who has a phobia of gay people? Nobody's afraid of gay people. So this term homophobic, transphobic, these are made up words that they use to try to demonize people who have some sort of objective criticism of the movement. I mean, one of the things I noticed in that we are filming that symbolism video in San Francisco, and again, I it's nothing to do about gay people. One of my best friends is gay. It's nothing to do with that. So when we were walking around the Castro district. I love gay district, guys so much, I bang gay guys. That's how much I love gay people. <laughs> so there's a tag. Someone was tagging everywhere in the Castro district, do what thou wilt, which is Aleister Crowley. Satan. Do what thou wilt. And they've been, they were putting a peace sign in the O of do. Do what thou wilt. Do what thou wilt. So that, to me, is indicative of what the movement represents. It's hedonism. It's a celebration of chaos and sex magic. I mean... I, whatever you do sec- sexually is your thing and it's private, but it's thrust in our face. I mean, no pun intended, but it's in our faces all the time. And for what? I mean, I don't want to know about anybody's sex life, really. I don't want to know about my heterosexual friend's sex life. I don't need that to be paraded down the street. Uh, I, and, I, and what I also don't like is that it 
they equate being gay now with being a good person as if it's some sort of identifying trait that like it's a it's an accomplishment like i'm gay i'm queer good for you well honestly if you're not contributing something valuable to society then it doesn't matter what you prefer sexually it's about what you do and this is a big a blurred line now that sexuality being gay or being queer is somehow somehow means you're a good person and you're contributing in a positive way it's ridiculous you know the uh, uh when we talk transphobia or whatever the term is what we're really talking about is people's feelings about men who want to live their life as women. We always see uh, women live their life as men. There are there are PE teachers. There are uh, you know there are library in high school. We had two librarians who were lesbians, and everybody thought they had wooden tits. And I don't know why, <laughs> but we all uh, believed it, and we just said, "Oh wow, these lesbians got wooden tits." So we don't really care about women UPS drivers tattoo. They can walk freely, but you know there used to be my only fans were lesbians. They would just come to my shows, and there would just be tables of lesbians, and they were <laughs> wonderful. Laugh. What really scares people are for some reason, is men who want to live their life as women. And I think it's because guys are afraid the blowjob's going to feel so good. And women <laughs> think there's this weird kind of fucking, this fucking weird kind of competition thing. And 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 that's it. I, I, I know tons of trans people. And people get crazy when I, they don't want to corrupt you. They literally just want to live their lives. And I, I see the trans uh, lifestyle no different than the guy who wants a Bible and a gun and wear a, a, a Confederate flag. It's like, don't tread on me. You do you, I do me. Mm-hmm. When you fuck with kids and you do, you get sexualized kids, that's when we all have problems. And that's where we mm-hmm. get into. And this, you know, Desmond the Amazing and this <laughs> bullshit psyop that's going on right now. That this Well, normalizing pedophilia. Yeah, it's that. fucking gross, man. And it's rude. And listen, dude, I was that kid's age. I was super fucking young. And listen, I was super sexual as a kid. I mean, it's been kind of a, a big problem in my life, but I was super sexual. I was eating ass in 85. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I was a Rosa Parks of that stuff, man. But I was a super... Ch- like, I would never have been able to be like, dude, I just want to look fabulous and have makeup tips. And It's like that mind can't comprehend that shit at that age. Someone's telling him to do that stuff. And yeah, it's like... it's it's. Go ahead. And it's just, for me, it's like hormone therapy is just ridiculous for children. It's just ridiculous. At 18, light yourself up like a Christmas tree for all I give a shit. It's, you're an adult. But as a kid, you're growing, dude. It's like, it's like there used to be a time where people found out that high school kids were taking steroids. And people's heads explode. They were so upset. They were like, you can't give kids steroids in high school. It's going to fuck with their bodies. Now, all of a sudden, they're like, yeah, give them hormone therapy. And if you question it, you're a homophobe. No one's just saying, dude, we have 18 for a reason. We have 18. Would you let your kid get at, at fucking 13, get his face all fucking tatted up? Would you let him do that? No, because these are permanent things to your life. Yeah, it's 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 mental warfare. I mean, it's 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 there's a war and the battleground is our minds and they're confusing us. You know, they're, they're blurring the lines between male, female. I mean, think about that for a second. Like 15 years ago, if I were to, if I were to tell somebody, oh, by the way, in 15 years, uh, there's no longer going to be two sexes. It's all, uh, what is it, uh, flu- flu- fluid now, gender, gender fluid, fluidity, gender fluid. and there is no such thing as male and female. People are like, what? That's crazy. But now we accept that as reality. I mean, it's it's mind control. So when you have kids who are confused about what it means to be a boy or a girl, 
then the whole all of reality is then going to be different because it's I mean that's like to me this is like the real life example of of uh, 1984 two plus two equals five this is you know and you say there's no longer two genders then we are now we now there's no basis for objective reality anymore it's 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 the real life Orwell yeah I mean and it's just ridiculous like whatever gender you want to be is fine but this trying to create legal precedence and be like legally you gotta call me shim it's just ridiculous and that's where it gets to it's like dude if you want to be anti-abortion that is your total term but when you try to pass laws to enforce the way you look at the world that's where the problems comes and this notion this notion that like in this work environment everybody has to give you a new like Name and gender is just ridiculous. My brother changed his name to Trip Bedorian. I kill, still call him Jason. You should. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you're still Jason. No, my name's Trip. Nope, you're still Jason. <laughs> Listen, I'll respect you and be cool. Hey, dude, you know, you blah, blah, blah. But it's like to pass a law is just ridiculous. And what happened is like these, these people empower these weak people to, act, to make them think that they're in the right. And what really they are are agents of chaos. At the end of the day, you do you. That's what you do. And we have kids going to gay pride parades. It blows me away. <laughs> I'm doing jokes about it now. Nobody wants your kid at the gay pride parade. The guy with 30 fucking rainbow dildos coming out of him, looking like a gay porcupine, doesn't want your kid at the gay pride parade. But yet we mock people who go to the strip bar and leave their kid in the fucking car. And like, oh, you're the worst parent ever. But you can bring your kid to the gay pride parade and watch a twink walking around with a fucking jockstrap on with his butthole blinking. I mean, is this real shit? Uh, unfortunately, it is, yeah. That's that's where we're at, and that's what I'm, that's why I wrote that poem about it because it was, it was, the most Orwellian dystopian thing I'd ever been to. Because the, the question I was asking myself is, what are we celebrating here? And again, no comment on people's sexuality. I don't care. I I'm so okay with gay. I don't care. So when I was there, experiencing it and experiencing people just falling over drunk on MDMA, naked, dicks hanging out, former dicks hanging out, you know, showing off you know breast surgery or breast removal scars and and then everyone everyone was also like geared into this cage there was this section in um near the civic center where they had the big celebration and there were it was blocked off by chain link fence so it was really like a like a paddock and they were all just inside of it getting drunk and and i thought what are we celebrating here what is this an achievement of like what did we what did you earn other than this cage that you're choosing to be in and being absolutely hedonistic and fucked up in i mean it's well, it was a really bizarre bizarre experience well they're but, celebrating that they can get married and stuff well i know they're just celebrating but that didn't th- they like had that. to have that back in the day because they were they were pushed so far down but now of course like everything the bean counters come in and they hijack it and they try to make it mainstream and it's like no this is what gay guys did back in the day they had their pocket where they were fuck push like if you were in the middle of somewhere and you were gay you were ostracized you went to this one area and you did your shit and now people are like let's bring our kids there nobody wants your kid at the super bowl party why would we <laughs> want you at the gay pride parade like stop taking thinking everything's for you 
It's these guys' what? things. This is their thing. If they want to walk around naked and do naked shit, let it, like, dude, if I'm at a if I'm at Mardi Gras and some chick is pulling her tits out, that's a tradition that, yeah. You know, and then somebody's kids, they were like, oh, dude, uh, we're sorry. No, dude, get your fucking kid out of here. This is me celebrating that I work a nine to five and I work my ass off, pay taxes, and I just saw some good old American titties and we move on with ourselves. Yep. And she shouldn't have to worry about pulling them out. Yeah. Should be her. Welcome to the everything. Speaking of hedonism, Burning Man. There you we have go. Some interesting yeah. thoughts on Burning Man. <laughs> yeah, well, I've been to Burning Man seven times. You're doing I a lot of research. I definitely was a burner a lot for a while. Of research. A lot of research. Sorry, what'd you say? You're doing a lot of research. Yeah, well, I thought, I mean, I, you know, on my, on my quest for truth and whatnot, I, when I was in my mid-20s, I was into the new age stuff and it led me to Burning Man and you know that that crowd and yeah I have a lot of I have a lot of thoughts about Burning Man now and I think I I, I don't want to completely throw Burning Man under the bus because I did have some really amazing experiences there and I made some really great friends there but I do think that there's a darkness about it and I think that there's an element to it a, a, a ritualistic aspect that has dark undertones that people are either ignorant of or unwilling to acknowledge and uh i don't want to participate in that anymore well if you if you without getting into your own personal view of what you've discovered over the seven years but if you were gonna you went your first time if you were going to tell somebody what burning man was at that moment what would you say at that time oh, after your first i time? loved my after my first burn i absolutely loved it i mean it was what was a it? pivotal experience it was uh well it was also at a point in my life where I was looking for something to make me feel good because it was after my first year in Los Angeles after being there for a year and I was kind of lost. I didn't know what I was doing and I was, you know, kind of broke and I wanted something to feel good. And I went to Burning Man and had a really awesome experience. Uh, I did, you know, I did acid and Molly and just had some really, uh, some, some, some really connected experiences with people and experience just how awesome the artwork was and the partying and I loved it. And then it took a couple of years before I started to, and you know, cause I am a conspiracy theorist, admittedly, nice. it took me a few years to sort of question like, well, what are we doing here? What is going on? And what is the value of this? And what is this, you know, what are we cultivating here or what are we not cultivating here? And I became a little more, I don't know, critical and skeptical of the situation because there was always something weird about it and there's definitely weird elements so I, at my, after my first year I would have told everybody to go but after my seventh year I'm like uh, I don't know if I'd say go until the fifth day and leave before the man burns because that's when it gets really weird why does it get weird around man burn because you're standing okay, so burning man if you look at that aerial view it's inside of a giant pentagram first of all the whole the map of Burning Man is inside of a giant pentagram, and the very center is the man, and it's a giant effigy of a man. And then you burn this giant effigy to the ground, and everybody celebrates. Well, nothing is arbitrary in a ritual or in a ceremony. Everything has a purpose, but nobody knows why they're burning down an effigy of a man. But I'm, I, I would hypothesize that somebody does. There's a reason why we're doing that, but nobody knows what that is. We're looking at the uh, pictures of Burning Man. It looks like uh, a half a circle. 
that's the city part. But if you look at like the, there's like a fence that that surrounds the whole thing. Yeah. It's a pentagram. Oh my god! And it's just everywhere. And you know, I remember when I was super young and all these crazy like, you know, all these super zealous Christians were like, "There's so much rock. There's so much devil and rock." You're like, "Come on, shut up, let us rock." And then now you look what's happening in hip hop and just so much culture now. It's just everywhere. Yep. It's just there you go. Pentagon e- everywhere, dude everywhere dude and it's just unbelievable um so you have theories you have some theories on what exactly is going on uh hold on sorry what exactly is going on at at burning man you think there might be something deeper going on that it's possible that there could be some CIA involvement in that. And here we are again, CIA's fingerprints all over something that's gotten so big pop culture-wise. Yeah, I don't really have theories as to exactly what or why they're doing it, but I think there is, I I do theorize that there is some nefarious forces sort of uh, guiding the experience and also producing it. I mean, one thing that's obvious is that it's not producing anything really of value for the world. People aren't coming away from Burning Man with any sort of like monumental, uh, uh, you know, togetherness that's there to make some ripple of change in the world. They're, it's more of a pressure release valve. They're going out there and partying it up and getting it all out of their system and having all kinds of experiences. And they're going, ah, okay. And they're going back to their nine to five jobs. And it's like, they're letting it all out for that week, which is fine to an extent. But when you're getting that many people together, you could there could be a real there could be value that comes out of that. But instead, it's just a drug induced, you know, sort of euphoria for a week. And I've also noticed that my Burning Man community are the most um, statist and self righteous uh, liberals that I know. They're the ones who they, they come back. They're like the biggest Bernie supporters and of that of that mindset. And I think that's also interesting to go to this place where there's no rules and there's no there's no money being exchanged. And they come back and they're like, you better vote Democrat. I think that's an interesting thing to observe. Um, but like I said, the ritual aspect, I mean, I so in my again, throughout my own journey, I, I discovered ayahuasca and I've done ayahuasca several times and I've spent time on retreats and with shamans and. I've observed other sort of ceremonies and rituals, and like I said, nothing is arbitrary in a ritual. Everything has a purpose. Everything has a meaning and an intention behind it. And if you go to Burning Man, if you go to the Man Burn at Burning Man, and you ask ten people, "Why are we standing here watching this effigy burn? Why are we burning this man down?" You'll get ten different answers. Nobody knows what they're doing there, and I think that's interesting. Somebody does. <laughs> it's not random. There's a reason for it. Could it be like to burn the man down the anarchy in a weird way, maybe? If that were the case, they wouldn't be coming away from it voting Democrat. None, and that's not this, I'm not, you know, I'm not here to endorse voting Republican. Obviously, I'm more anti-government, but that's Anti- an interesting authority. thing. So, yeah, that's what I originally thought when I went there. I, I went there, and that's, the, that's the, the intention I projected onto it. I was like, yeah, we're burning down the man, you know, but no one says that. That's just me interpreting but there's no one there to give you the actual reason. Uh, and a guy, you know, it's worth noting that two years ago, a guy really did die during the man burn. Yeah, he, he ran 
straight into the fire straight into from it. the crowd. There's a video on YouTube. You remember you, this? You can watch. Yeah, there's yeah. a video. He straight runs into it. He was like, supposedly he's on drugs, yeah. and he just ran in there and let himself burn. You can down see and, the, yeah, you can yeah. see the cops trying to help him out, but dude, it's fucking. How about that guy that set himself on fire? Just started walking around like Washington D.C. Oh, the dude. one in Washington D.C. Such that, a weird video. That's su- he walks like a stunt man. That's the thing that creeped me out it's about really that really video. Weird. But they also have a temple at Burning Man where they make this huge temple. It's just, all the art there is fucking huge. It's not even. It's like building sizes, yeah. and I guess you go in there and you put a like whoever died in your life. You go and you write their names and you say something, and then they burn the whole thing down, and uh, everyone starts that, crying. It's kind of yeah. like he says, "There's supposed to be a ritual." It sounds pretty cool. It sounds like to relief, like to just let it go. Could it just be like people just want to do drugs and stare at naked chicks? Is that possible? That's, some of them, most of course people. it is. Yeah, of course it's possible. I, I'm not. I'm not jumping to any conclusions. I'm just suspicious as a conspiracy guy. Um, and you're right. The temple, the temple burning, the temple aspect of Burning Man is actually rather profound. So I, I want to, yeah, I have a lot of positive things to say about Burning Man as well. I mean, I went seven times. I went seven times for a reason. And that temple burn, the temple in particular, has a real power to it. I mean, you go there to release something or to honor something mm-hmm. or to let something go, and uh, it was, it's very cathartic. And when you, when everyone. That's the day. So they burn that down the day after the man burns. And it it's a really tranquil experience. And it's calming. Everybody sits down. Yeah. It's pretty quiet. And it's uh, it's emotional. So I don't really have any criticism of the temple burn. There might be some other <laughs> another conspiracy theorist out there who might tell me or explain why that yeah. has a weirdness about it. But I actually do appreciate the temple burn. In fact, I think that's more the climax of Burning Man than the actual man burn. The man burn just has a weird undertone to it. I don't, I don't, I don't like participating in it. It feels like uh, an energy harvest of some sort, and while why they're doing it is a big question mark. Now, the, you, you say the Washington Post uh, reported strange bugs swarming the festival. Do you have any that. thoughts on that? Uh, I think I was there that year. Do you know? Did it say when that? Or what year that article was published? He'll look it up, but you know we just had that thing where the uh, government is demanding if the the Pentagon say if they've uh, weaponized ticks, you know, mm. and Lyme how disease. Lyme disease and like there's a big part of like Lyme disease, like you know usually people who have Alzheimer's get, have Lyme disease. There's like this weird kind of connection between that. And, you know, I was just out in Montauk shooting some conspiracy stuff. And they're like, we got ticks all over the place, dude. I just, I just hooded up like, like that, like the kid from uh, a Christmas tale. I had like eight layers of snowmobile suits on. And like, I I didn't want to get ticks, but I mean, that's where we're at, man. Like, is the government weaponizing ticks and diseases and all that stuff? And are they using Burning Man to test that shit? I mean, we saw what I think it's possible. The Native Americans protesting that the government was basically sending different police forces down to basically, you know, train on how to deal with rioters, man. And it's just like that stuff happens. Yeah. When it comes to that stuff, that's when it gets that's when conspiracy gets kind of scary to me. Uh, not that it's not all kind of scary, but like that and like the idea that was going around big time during the fires last year of directed energy weapons. Oh, hell yeah. That kind of stuff, that kind of stuff freaks me out because it's like, well, if they have that kind of power, man, how do, how do we beat that? So when it comes to like weaponized ticks and mosquitoes, and that's pretty terrifying to me. 
uh, I saw a presentation. Um, it's one of the best things about being a performer at all these different conferences and events is I get a front row seat to pretty epic presentations. And one of the ones that was the one of the well, one of the best ones I saw was last year at a conference called Alternative View in England. And there was a woman there who gave a presentation on exactly this topic on uh, weaponized bugs, essentially. And she drew a correlation between, um, oh man, I don't, I don't want to mess this. I don't want to paraphrase this too much, but it was like where the Pentagon has bases set up in different countries around the world, and where there were these mysterious outbreaks all near these bases, these different, um, like, Unbelievable, uh, dude. uh, what are they like Ebola or some of, of, of disease outbreaks like that? They all happened near these bases that are set up by the government i mean there's there's that's, that that's cancer aids aids was a government made thing somebody actually they convinced us somebody fucked a monkey like i did this guy <laughs> fucked a monkey it's like okay we get you weird but you know and then and then you find out places like bear was putting out active live hiv uh uh you know, viruses in their medication. Like, what are we doing here? Well, the CIA, you, you know, CIA gave um, the Grateful Dead acid. Do you think that these raves and these Burning Man are a place that the government's giving out people the right to do drugs or try new drugs out or shit like that? Yes. Because they don't. I, I, do. mean, I, I mean, I've been, I've been, been to a million do. raves. I've been to uh, music festivals. And honestly, they never stop anybody with the drugs. Allegedly, my friend's walking with them. No one ever gets popped. Everyone's on drugs. And it's like, if you guys really try to stop it, I don't think it'd be too hard. You think totally. it's kind of uh, like some yeah, MK so. Ultra? Like well, something I noticed like at Burning Man was like, Burning Man is like acid town. I mean, everybody's on acid at Burning Man. There's so much acid. And acid is not an easy thing to create. I mean, it's a pretty particular and complex process, right? It's, like, it's chemistry. And yet there is an endless supply mm -hmm. of acid at Burning Man. I think that's interesting. That's not to say that someone couldn't provide that much without the government being involved, but it's worth noting that how much there is. I mean, there are, I mean, people will come to Burning Man with like 3,000 hits of acid and there's 70,000 people there. <laughs> there's so much acid and so much MDMA. Again, MDMA also a pretty complicated process to make, I think anyway. Um, and something I noticed about acid in particular, again, my conspiratorial brain always going, what's going on here? I noticed that the people who were doing acid, and I've done acid too, so I'm not, you know, I'm, I've done it and I've actually had a good time on acid a few times. But one of the big takeaways I noticed as a theme amongst people who did a lot of acid is they were having these big epiphanies saying things like, ah, I get it now. It all means nothing. Everything is meaningless, and I'm nobody. And I thought, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like this is all pretty significant, and I am somebody. I think this is mean. This has meaning. Life has meaning. So they're having this it calming realization about life that it's all meaningless, and I think that's potentially a pretty dangerous uh, idea to really settle into. I think that life has meaning, and we're and we are here for a reason. So, 
Well, I mean, like you saw, the CIA used uh, our Grateful Dead to spread acid. Right. And it was meant to make the population docile and not as smart. Like acid fucks your brain up, screws your brain up, man. Not like mushrooms. You know, everybody, you know, you hear people do mushroom jokes and like, and I saw a guy's face melt. It's like, and I've I've been guilty of it. I've been guilty of it. (laughs) And, uh, you know, that's not mushrooms. That's. Acid, acid is just completely different than mushrooms, man. And uh, we, we, we've seen that this is something that's been weaponized. Drugs has been weaponized by the CIA. We've done episodes on it. It's, you know, uh, drugs is a weapon against us. And it's just like, you know, uh, you know, crack, flooding the area of crack. Now they're flooding it with heroin. Like, why is that? Because, you know, there's no jobs. There's no nothing. People want something to take their minds off of this 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 like bleak situation they're in and then it just becomes this you know snake eating its tail you do drugs because it's bleak and it's bleak because you do drugs and it just keeps going but you never focusing on bettering yourself becoming one with the universe Mm -hmm. uh realizing that you know this most likely is assimilation and you can control your destiny and it happens all the time real quick we jumped over something uh what is plum island yeah, I don't know. You you mentioned that in the notes, and I I had not looked it up until oh, this just was this Corey. afternoon. This was Corey. Corey that was the, the that that was the uh, the Lyme disease, right? That was the oh, that was the yeah. tick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was in stuff, uh, right? that was in 2015. Yeah, that's interesting. So I, uh, I, I Bernie Man is infested with horrible with horrible bugs. The oh. whole place was infested. It was bad. And fire and, oh, the so fire festival has to be like at least we didn't have bugs. We had right. shitty sandwiches. Look, look at those bugs. Oh, my oh, yeah. God. What up? Look at that. Oh. So what, what year was that? 2015. Oh. Yeah, that was the last. That, no, I guess I went. Yeah, I was at that Burning Man. Oh. I was at that one with the dude, bugs. Bugs scared the shit out of me, dude. They scared the shit and out you, of me. And you don't see anything. You don't see anything alive at Burning Man other than people. I mean, it's a de- the, the playa doesn't have life. There is nothing there, which is also interesting, I think, about Burning Man. We, go, we choose a place where... There's nothing alive other than people. There's it's an interesting place to, to have a festival. Well, it's really great but, to yeah. do in the middle of nowhere, get people fucked up on drugs, and if crazy shit happens, nobody remembers it, and there's very little well, witnesses to it. You know, uh-huh. everybody's just yeah. super jacked. Now, is this your note, John Law, the co-founder? Is he possible CIA? Have you ever heard anything about that? Well, I just looked into him too. I think it's possible. I mean. I don't know much about it. I know that the whole, I mean, the Burning Man origin story seems a little suspicious in general, that it was a pagan ritual, a summer solstice ritual on the beach in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And we just talked about what San Francisco and, and, you know, some of the sort of like secret society undertones of that place in general. And I don't know, it just seems like the story's a little too uh, PG as far as an origin story goes. So... Sure, and he also, I looked up on Wikipedia, he's in the Suicide Club, and they say there's nothing to do with suicide, but that's an interesting name, nonetheless. I don't know. Yeah, I, every, I, I'm suspicious. I can't, yeah, I, I, yeah, I always like to find out who these people's parents are. Like, who are their yeah. parents? How do they end up in these positions? Did they, you know, it's like Facebook. Everyone, like, we were told a story that Mark Zuckerberg stole this idea. Okay, mm-hmm. stole the idea, but then we find out that you know LifeLog was a Pentagon 
uh, a program that was going to try to keep all your data for your whole life. And that thing ended February 4th, 2004, the day Facebook was invented. So, and now you look at the two twins who supposedly had the idea stolen from them. They just, they just fought so hard. And wow, magically, they've just got a billion dollars in Bitcoin. Wow. Yeah. It's kind of crazy, right? Now that just seemed to work out or everybody involved got taken care of. It's kind of like 9-11 where you had Seth, Seth uh, McFarlane and Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, right? Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> We're supposed to be on those flights and just happen not to get on the flight. And then what happens? Uh, Seth McFarlane has the first show in the history of time to be canceled. And then the fans just demanded that it be brought back. And now he's got eight Mm. different TV shows. He's got all these movies he's doing. Mark Wahlberg's in 90 movies. Got all these TV shows. And it's just like, wow, that's so super convenient and then you go to nwa and how like that that band push all this crime rhyme shit and look at Mm -hmm. man unbelievable ice cube and dr dre are on the precipice of either they are billionaires or about to be billionaires unbelievable it just all works out so well right yeah and that that's that's the thing i mean to 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 walk around with blinders on and to say there is no conspiracy theories, that's just crazy. It's, that's crazy. To I, I don't know. I don't. I obviously don't know everything, but there's s- certainly suspicious aspects to almost every aspect of reality as it's been constructed. And to be naive and say no, 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 everything is as it's told to us. That's crazy. Because come on, there's way too much weirdness going on. There's way too well, much. how about Elon Musk going to Burning Man and all those billionaires now? They all and all the, go- all the people who go who, like I think it's mandatory for Google employees to go to Burning Man. That's shady yep. shit. Elon Musk was there. What the fuck is he doing there? It, but they have and like, he likes he, drugs, dude. Oh, yeah. He likes and drugs. Elon Musk, who just said the other day that we need to integrate the human mind with AI. And he, Sometimes I'm super happy. I'm like f- <laughs> deep into my 40s. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to get a lot of this stuff. And what I was telling you the other day, how are you telling us that we should be scared of the future and AI's coming, Elon Musk keeps saying that, but yet he keeps fucking making everything. He keeps yeah. producing shit that's going to make Oh, yeah, it. these cars are going to take away half the jobs. Then why are you making them? Exactly. Stop Did you ma- see that space, SpaceX shot a bunch of people's ashes up into space? Oh, probably right next to that car that they supposedly did no treatment for <laughs> that they just put in space that's just driving around like fucking ways trying to just use up as much gas as possible because it works with big oil that's my honest mm-hmm. opinion yeah i remember when they remember, remember so you guys are in la remember when they uh did the test thing and it was and it looked like a big sperm going up yeah. over la and yeah. he didn't tell anybody till the next day he's like oh by the way that was a spacex test launch well oh. everyone in los angeles thought that was like you know, contact and people were getting out of their cars and looking at it. And I mean, it was obviously a spectacle. It was obvious that they were doing it so that everyone would wonder what was going on or see how people would react to that. If they would have a freak out. I mean, and then all these pictures came out of like that exact image in the sky, whatever that was from like the 1400s. They found a painting that from like the 1700s, the 1800s, sometime the 1900s, where this thing has constantly been seen in the sky, 
Um, wow. So on your YouTube videos, I, I know you like you mix it up. Sometimes you do some high uh, high uh, end uh, uh, sketches, and then sometimes you'll just do some live streams and stuff like that. Has mm. um uh are you getting any flack from it? I mean, are you seeing any kind? You have that one really great video about words you can't say, and uh, it was really well done. Why do you think we're getting censorship of words right now? Uh, censorship of words. I think that, there, that just to create more and more unrest and division. And I mean, the censorship in general on YouTube is pretty alarming. But I see that as I feel like there's a there's a negative way to look at it and a positive way to look at it. And the negative is, is of course, that they're shutting down free speech. And people are, who have voices, who are doing excellent independent journalism, are being shut down and demonetized and shadow banned and all that. But the positive spin to me is that whatever the the uh, the, the elite, their backs are against the wall because they're being exposed so handily that they have to resort to desperate measures like censorship. And as far as the words go, I don't mean that goes right back to you know all the uh, the gay stuff from before. Like they want there's like this movement to shut down uh, and demonize anybody who has well, it's like the stir of the pot they're just creating this un, this state of unrest and so everyone's sensitive and monitoring each other and it's it's the uh, thought crimes and so we're always monitoring to see who's respecting me who's disrespecting me who's using language that I don't like and and creating this padded safe zone reality which is just ridiculous so that's why we made the video it's it's very interesting because when it comes to political correctness, there's no hard rule. There's none. There are rules with so much fine print, it's almost like, why do we follow these rules? I find political correctness is the emperor's new clothes, where it's like, it only exists if you believe in it. So one time, I don't go on Facebook hardly ever, mostly just to promote shit. But one time I just kind of said, you know what? I don't think anyone should say the N-word, including black people. And I left it. And I came back four days later, and you would think <laughs> the internet had melted. And the biggest pushback was from black people, and it's always the same. You can't tell us what to do. I'm not. I just, it was a suggestion. Uh, <laughs> why do you want to say it so bad? I literally just said no one should say it. And... um it's you're just mad. We got something that you can do and I can't do. I have a joke. I say nigger in it. I say the word in it. It's about me being called the M word. It's by Paul Mooney. I say the word. I, if I want to say something, I say the word. I choose not to say the word and I out of respect for the history of the word. I would never call anybody of African American that word, but I, I've been called it. I have women in bed call me it. I don't know what that's about. That's just the weird shit that I'm into. And that's true story. So this, no, this notion that there's like this fine print to it. And what happens is, is when you make a rule that someone could say this, 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 and this, Someone you love will break that rule. And then you have to ask yourself, is that rule important to you or are you a fucking hypocrite? And we see that stuff. Now, what I don't do is defend people I know who say shit just to get a reaction. Like if you go out there and you say something that you know you shouldn't say, 
just to get like what we, we were talking about last episodes, clicks and all that shit. And uh, to get like, oh, people are talking about it. I don't defend you. And especially when you do something and it gets so big like Kathy Griffin holding up Trump's head. That was done to get a reaction. Yep. And I have nothing against Kathy Griffin, but you did that to get a reaction and you got more of a reaction than you wanted. And I'm not going to run to you and save you because you got too much of a reaction. The ultimate thing should be like, you should hear the joke and then you should decide whether it's hate speech or not. And then what you do is you laugh or you don't laugh. And then you don't go see that comic again if you don't like him. You can't control the narrative. We must always push back on people who tell us how to control the narrative. Now, again, I'm not going to sit there and go to war for people who are purposely trying to say shit to fucking, you know, bring up old shit or try to hurt everybody's feelings. or You know, I don't do that. I try to bring up points, make points. And sometimes those points are uncomfortable. And guess what? That's fucking life. Life is uncomfortable. And who gets to define what hate speech is? That's where it gets scary. It's an ambiguous term. There's no, it's, it's, it's in the, it's in the interpretation of the person who gets to define it. So when you have this ambiguous umbrella term like hate speech, well, we don't know what those, what those, what the, what, what the parameters of that are. So anybody can just shut you down for hate speech, even though you didn't say anything hateful. It's a, it's gives more control. And it's not even hate. It's just like they can't like I did a video one time talking about how much I love black people. And I just went around hugging black people. It was the video. I just (laughs) hugged black people. And this one person, this black woman goes, that's racist. I go, how's it racist? Because because it's racist. I go, no, 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 no. You just don't like it for whatever reason. And now you're trying to act like it's offensive. You just don't like it. Racism is. I think I'm better than that race. That's what racism is. But it's been just this fucking weird ass fucking just this slippery slope that happens that if anybody doesn't like anything, it's the end of the world. And we all got to run around. It's like I do a joke on my last special before the show. We pray to comedy gods that we make white women over 40 laugh because that's the number one demographic for wanting to talk to the management. And that's always the same thing. White women come to the club and dictate what's funny. And they and the one thing that gets women scared more than being offended is being called a racist. So they, they let a black comic say all the things that upset them, but they're like, oh, he's so brave. And then if a guy went up, a white guy went up and said the same thing, oh, my God, end of the, you know, burn the place down. And listen, dude, listen. I'm not saying it's hard to be a white guy doing comic. I'm being, I'm killing it right now. Okay. I'm not worried about that at all, but this, like these weird rules that are, are set up. And this one rule I hate, which is if you're of a group, you can make fun of a group. Like when Stephen Colbert, who now I'm not a big fan of at all, got in trouble for the Asian joke. And then the, this 22 year old Asian girl tried to make it into something I'm like, you're, you're an Asian girl. The only one oppressing you are your parents, okay? That, like, that's all that oppresses Asian chicks, okay? It's like, you're from, and I, this happened like four years ago. You're from, you were born in like 92. Or no, excuse me. Yeah, you were born in like 92. What are we talking about here? 
What do we? No, you were born like 96, 97. Tell me about the racism of 1996 that you had to go through. You just don't like it. Yeah. And I love, I got a ton of Asian comic friends. Nobody beats down Asians more than Asian comics. And they sit there and go, it's okay because they're Asian. It's just weak-minded bullshit. Yeah. Well, it's more division. I mean, that's really what it is. It's more, so we're always blaming each other. It's, it's a it's a tactic of the media and the government to keep us all divided because people aren't born racist. We're not born with some inherent hatred of other people who don't look like us. It's divisionary tactics. They're always blaming our neighbor and blaming that guy across the street or white people or men or whatever it is so that there's always unrest. So we're always looking laterally at each other rather than the people who are at the top governing the world. And it's like, Mothers and fathers pass on these prejudice from from fucking every year. Every year you pass on like, I, you know, it's like my friend Tony that I grew up next to. He goes, hey, man, because we're, you know, I'm half Italian, half Armenian. And he's like, hey, man, if someone calls you a WAP, you fight him. And I go, <laughs> no. why? He goes, I don't know, but that's just what we do. <laughs> and I go. That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life. You need that cat go. That's just passing down the sickness, you know? It's like I love Gary Goldman. He's one of the funniest comics working today. He does these great rules about like just some some advice for stand up. But one of them was like don't make fun of Jews. And I go, "Why?" Like everybody gets made fun of. Why is one group, which he happens to be a part of, and I love Jews, but why? Why can't you make what? What's happening here? Oh, because this thing happened before. Yeah, super tragic, one hundred percent. But guess what? Every single group has that. Yep, everyone. Guess mm-hmm. what? I'm Armenian. Israel doesn't recognize the Armenian genocide. We all have that. To sit there and say mm-hmm. your group shouldn't be made fun of is just, I just think it does a lot of damage. And listen, Gary Goldman's one of the best writers. He's a wordsmith. Like, I love what he does. I just had a problem with that one tweet. And it's just, it, it doesn't make fun of everybody, especially that Jews mm-hmm. are the best comics out there and they light up everybody. And to sit there and act mm-hmm. like there's like, like uh, Mark Norman had a great bit, uh, tweet that he got in trouble for. It's like, you know, uh, when you realize that the camera adds 10 pounds, the Holocaust pictures are even worse. And you're like, wow, that's a great <laughs> fucking tweet. That's, and that's like, a good joke. Jews were going up there. Oh, you can't do that. Why? 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 Yep. It's stupid. It doesn't make well, sense. Yeah, I mean, go back to what you said when you posted that thing on Facebook about how no one should use the N-word anymore. I think that if we all decided to use it incessantly all day for like three days in a row, everybody... Everybody just used it nonstop. It would lose all of its meaning and all of its power forever. And then it would no longer be a problem. For sure, dude. For sure. We wouldn't wouldn't be a trigger. We We would let it go if we were all just seeing it as a word and seeing how silly it is to be so afraid of words. No, for sure, dude. I mean, but look at it. It's the intention behind a word. You know, if someone was in my face, like, threatening me and they were like, I love you. I would still be threatened because they were threatening. It's the intention you give the word. It's what it's the energy that's that's infusing the word or that or the words that give it power, not the word itself. The word is just a word. No, I'm with you on that one. I mean, like, I mean, I just personally like. I just think it causes so much chaos. It's like get rid of it. I mean, I'm fine with it. But you know, we're taking the word back. You're not taking the word back. You're not. 
You're not at all. They're taking more away. You're, you're giving it power yeah, by well, acting like one group should say it. One should, I don't care about it, dude, to be you, honest with you. Yeah. I know I'm going to get a bunch of shit. I really don't care. It's just a stupid rule that has been made to get us to fight with each other. Exactly. Well, going back to you know the video that we made censored, words you can't say in 2019. Uh, so Kevin, the other guy in the video, it was his idea to do that. And it was it, originally it was going to be something else. We were just going to like list off the words that you can't say and he had the idea and I thought yeah that's interesting but there's there's not going to be enough words or phrases to use to fill up a video so I started doing research on it I started looking up words you can't say offensive terms uh, microaggressions and, and things like that and as I was copying and pasting into a Google Doc I got like five pages in where I was like, oh my gosh, like this is a never-ending list now. And, you, and I was going through like college websites, you know, for freshman orientation and all the things you can't say. And it was, a, it was just, I was just adding to this list over and over. So I was like, wow, not only do we have enough material for this video, but we have more than enough. There is so much that is considered offensive. Now, even the term politically correct is considered offensive by some people. Dude, you know I mean, what's it's a weird word? Dude, they've tried to what? make cuck an offensive word. Like guys who like yeah. to watch their girls get banged by other dudes are like, that's offensive to me. Dude. Who's getting offended by that? If no, because I, 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 I the forget cuck? what it was. Somebody yelled, hey, dude, you're a fucking conk. And somebody goes, oh, my God, it's 2019 and you're still using that word. The guy that's watching his wife get banged doesn't get offended. I don't think anyone should. No, I'm saying it's starting to become No, I know, that. but it's so stupid. Like the only person getting offended should be the. It's, it's what it is, dude. It's beta males trying to fucking stop words that get to them they don't want to be told yeah you want to be you know you don't want to be called that so let me get rid of it when they don't like a joke they call it hack you're like name me three other comics to do that joke that's what hacky is yeah every comic does this fucking joke i want to get into um youtube censorship have you faced any shadow banning uh shadow banning most likely that's the that's the tricky thing about shadow banning is how do you really know other than not getting as many views and subscribers as you once did. Uh, I, I, what I know from firsthand experience is that because I, again, go to a lot of these conferences and events, and they're not just anarchy either. I go to like all kinds of, you know, alternative or freedom-based or truth, whatever, events and whatnot. So I'm friends with a lot of the people who are being de- demonetized and having their PayPal accounts shut down and having their Facebook pages erased and stuff like that. These are the best people. Like these are really good people who are, who believe in a better world. So they're devoting their lives to changing it, and they're the ones being demonized as being, you know, hateful and dangerous. Uh, so I have experienced it firsthand. I had a video on our channel called "Stand Up to Cancer Causes," which was one of our more, I think, inoffensive videos. In that, I just I I, I spoofed on. Well, an ad that came out a couple of years ago, but it was it was basically I had a bunch of people lined up saying, listing off things that are known to cause cancer, yep. and contribute to cancer, and they removed the video because it said we had inappropriate content in it. There's not a single cuss word. There's nothing. There's just people telling you. They basically we basically say in the video, don't stand up to cancer by giving away your money. Sit down and do your own research. That's what we say in the video. And we tell you all these different things that are known to cause cancer, like GMO food, and et cetera, et cetera. And they shut the video down. Yep. Inappropriate content. 
YouTube and Facebook on the same day shut down that video for inappropriate content. Because interesting, uh, big big pharmaceuticals owns a huge part of each of those companies, and they don't want those out. They don't want videos like that out where you're like, hey, dude, you can march all you want for a cure for cancer. They have a cure. You're just feeding yep. into an industry where they just keep just, dude, what, pers- what, what was it like? The NFL's like pink cancer, uh, women's breast cancer thing. Like 5% of that money went to the actual charity. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Wow. And you look at the people, the CEOs of all these companies that are charity based and how they're making hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars to run those things. And it's just like, no, that's not good. We should all pull our money to fucking fund uh, a security team to protect the doctors who have cured cancer. Yeah, I know. Yeah. There's a, there's a guy I met in Europe named David Noakes, who's may go to jail for life because he's cured people of cancer with something called GC maths. You guys have heard of that. Uh, it's really tragic. I mean, you, it's a, it's a, you know that it's illegal to say you've cured cancer. It's illegal. That's yeah, interesting. It's ridiculous. So if you say, I, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm, yeah, it's so ridiculous. So they got rid of homeopathic cures and flat Earth. What's your thoughts on flat Earth? <laughs> uh, my thoughts are, I really love the theory. I hesitate to commit one way or the other, yes, to be honest, we because all do. he's not married. It's, uh, what? So you're, you're not, not married. married to the ball. That means that you don't. You're in between. Yeah. Well, I am because I reject NASA. I reject NASA's everything. Um, but I haven't been. I haven't been to space. I haven't seen it for myself. So I, I could go in any direction. Literally, I could go. I could. I. I think it might even be not flat or round. I think it might be something else. Oh, I no, think it's now they say it's I don't like an oval. We, yeah, what? it's what now it's like a like a football shape. Now they changed it up. I don't know if you've heard them, but it's like <laughs> pear, it's not a, shaped. Yeah, it's not a full circle now. It's so. so interesting that if a religion changes, everyone's like, "Oh, see, it's fake." But if science changes, like, "Oh, well, they're just you know they learn more." It's just like, <laughs> what are we talking about? Yeah. You've literally put out CGI pictures of a round ball. Now you're telling me those aren't real, and now it's the shape of a nerf. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's crazy. I think that so I love the flat earth theory and I also love what flat earth represents in that it's challenging the mainstream, you know, official narrative and every all of it. I think it's a romantic idea to put man back at the center of the universe and the earth back at the center of the universe and you know, I I I I love I like a lot about the theory. I'm just I can't commit to it as a belief because I have a hard time committing to any belief, to be honest. What I find Um, very interesting is that everyone tells you, oh, it's just a PSYOP. What you don't understand by PSYOPs, PSYOPs are put out by the government or giant corporations to get you to not pay attention to what's going on. Flat Earth does not fit into that. Flat Earth actually wreaks havoc on everything that they hold pure which is science nasa the government you know it doesn't work it it does i'm not saying we're on a flat i don't know we are i'm a simulation guy myself i'm with you so i i don't even know uh what if you think the ramifications would be if it did come out that we lived on a flat earth 
Well, I think people would feel a sense of empowerment again because I think that what again what I like about the flat Earth theory is that it makes life meaningful again. Whereas science teaches us everything is random. We're just a speck of dust and a slightly bigger speck of dust hurtling through the universe for no reason at you know for with no that came from a big bang that no one really understands but it's all random and it's all chaos. And I think that is demoralizing. Whereas flat earth would say no, actually the stars, the sun, the moon, all of it is here to nurture this life on this earth and you have meaning you have you are you are here because you are special and this is all here for you and you know it brings it brings god back into the equation and it makes life much more meaningful and much more beautiful and romantic uh so i think that if if we were to find out if it were to be revealed once and for all that the earth was in fact flat and that everything that nasa's taught us was a lie i think people would gain more self-confidence and more meaning in their life yeah it's very interesting it's very very what do you what's your thoughts on neil degrasse tyson i think he's a hack i think he's one of the most dangerous people in the world explain well he's no different to me than a fire and brimstone preacher but for science and i think what he's what he represents and what that you know what what they've done with science is make science as dogmatic as any religion so it's the church of science you know, it's, it's, it's scientism. It's saying science is it. End of story. We've settled the debate. There's no more, there's no, no more room for questioning this. It's science, period. And I think that's a really dangerous precedent to set. And he's one of the, you know, he's at the forefront of it. He's one of the leaders of it. And I think that's really dangerous because it's, we don't, we hardly know anything about reality, let alone putting a period at the end of the sentence and saying, now we figured it all out. Move along. You know, if it's material, if you can see it, it's real. And if it's, spiritual then it's bogus you know woo woo and i just think that's so demoralizing and wicked dude what are your thoughts you know a lot of people have called me a gay jew shill uh everybody i i feel like in the conspiracy world if you aren't called a shill you haven't done anything yet you gotta really like until some dude who gets like three views on his video starts making videos about how you're a fucking shill. That's the real yeah. shit. What's your thoughts on shills? Good question, man, because I get I, I talk about this a lot again because I'm very active in the world of conspiracy and of truth seeking. On a side note, I think it's really interesting that the word that the term truth seeker is synonymous with conspiracy theory. I think that's really interesting because I think that seeking truth is important. So now that they've made it so that if you're a truth seeker, you're a conspiracy theorist. Very telling. But um, I think that the shills primarily are the commenters. They're the ones who are there trolling people's channels and trolling things. They're the shills because they're the ones who are planting the seeds of distrust, planting the seeds of paranoia, getting you not to think that people who are fighting for truth and for change are authentic. And I've you know, I, I'm, I, have a, I have a master's degree in acting. I've spent a lot of time around actors. I can tell them people are bullshitting. And I have yet to meet anybody in person who I'm like, you're a shill, obviously. Um, I think most people are real. And the ones who are commenting, who are there, you know, just trolling people's channels, planting the idea that they're shills are the shills. Oh, for sure. I mean, we've seen that Google, Facebook... Uh, they all uh, YouTube. They have 
uh, AI comments. And they just come in and try to muck it up and cause fights and dissension and make people think your video sucks. And what I do is I block people. You know, this whole thing that I have to sit here and take your comments because that's the game, it's bullshit. Frank Sinatra never had to do that. You shit talk Frank Sinatra. The mob came and broke your arm. Okay? Mm -hmm. I have no problems with blocking people. I owe you nothing. I owe you nothing. I'm going to block you. And, dude, if later on you go, please unblock me, and you don't tell me exactly what you did, I'm not going to unblock you. It's, mm-hmm. it's just AI trying to start fights with each other. Do you think Trump is a white hat or a black hat? What's, what's a white hat and a black hat? Good or a bad. good guy or a bad guy? Oh, I don't know, man. I can't tell. I think he's an enigma. I think uh, I, I started off writing him off completely and then after a year or so and I when I watched basically when I watched the media glitch over his presidency I was like hmm maybe there's more to this but and I kind of got into the QAnon stuff for a minute just to see what it was what was going on but nothing's really happened so I uh, I don't know I don't this really, Epstein I, I thing I, is huge they were well, telling us about for a long time for and- sure and, and there's a lot of pedof- there seems gay. to be a lot of pedophile rings going down and whatnot so I don't I'm on the fence let's put it that way I'm on the fence I, I got I think, one from. Uh, what about aliens? Yeah. What do you think about them pushing aliens? Area fifty one, Bob Lazar. Do you think Bob Lazar. I think, Bob think? Lazar. I think area fifty. I think area fifty one is a huge distraction to get people from think to stop thinking about Epstein and the pedophilia and what's actually going down. I think it was a huge. What do you, you think know, that like, whole thing? Well, what do we about? do? What do we do? Let's go uh, area fifty one. Yeah, let's do that. I think that's what it was like. It was like a hail mary. What do you think of actual? Um, what do you think's going on with the Epstein? What do you think that case is really about? Blackmail, uh, uh, satanic pedophiles running everything. What, what do you think? I think it is. I think it is about satanic pedophiles running everything. Sure. Um, I, I don't know. I, we'll see. I think the jury's out. I think that it's it's great that he got arrested, uh, but what it what comes of it will be really interesting. I mean, I'm I'm just sitting back and watching. I don't my. I don't trust politicians, and I don't expect there to be major changes coming from anybody who's elected president. But I'm I'm just I'm watching with an open mind as much as I can with all of it. I'm just sitting back and observing and hoping for the best, while not putting all my hopes and ambitions and whatever onto these onto these people and onto some big thing. Remembering that I have a responsibility to make my life the best it can be uh, all the while because I I don't I don't like this sit back and the thing I hate about QAnon is it's always saying, just sit back with your popcorn and enjoy the show. I think you got to stay active. You, you know, want to be have more this, interactive. Self responsibility. You want to be in it to win it. About yeah, it. well, it, the change really starts with the self. It starts with you. You know, it's and I think that that is important regardless of what happens with Epstein and what happens with or who Trump is or who he's not. It's still we all still are playing a role in manifesting the world that we want to see around us. I couldn't agree more, man. I could not agree more. More. Benny Wills, you are the man, the myth. You are the legend. <laughs> I appreciate you. One more time, can you tell all of our listeners where they can find you? This has been an excellent episode. Uh, tell them where they can find you. Yeah, well, go to Joy Camp, but also go to my new solo channel, which I just launched about three weeks ago. 
because I'm not in LA anymore. I did joy camp primarily with my friends when I was there. I live in Washington now with my fiance and I've really, I'm really stepping onto this solo journey path. So go to my, my new YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Benny Wills and it's Wills, not Willis. So it's W I L L S youtube.com slash Benny Wills. Go to Benny Wills.com. Uh, follow me on Instagram, Benny dot Benny dot Wills, Twitter, Facebook, all of it. I'm everywhere. But, um, yeah, primarily I want traffic on my new YouTube channel. So there you go. We'll Benny Wills YouTube. We'll put the links out, brother. We'll put the links out. You're wonderful. If you're ever in L.A., please come. Jump on the show. Be in studio. Let's talk some mad shit together. I appreciate you just letting me yell at you for an hour and a half. <laughs> you're a kind oh, man, soul. It's lot, lots of fun. All right, man. We'll do it again sir, soon. I appreciate everybody who worked hard on the show to get today. Emma. Uh, XG, you're wonderful people. I appreciate everybody who watched. Uh, please make sure to hit the subscribe button. Please hit the subscribe button. Well, uh, I want to get to 100,000 subscribers. We're almost at 60, so help me out. Uh, if you're watching, live, learn, laugh, and uh, I hope you guys are doing well. Take care, everybody, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Yeah. <laughs>